This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, June 1st, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Jake Neer, in for Kellen Walker, coming to you from the Mackinac Policy Conference on Mackinac Island, Michigan. Today on the show, several automakers see huge sales gains in May, Toyota picks Kentucky for production of its first U.S.-made EV, and Lucid is raising $3 billion, mostly from Saudi investors. Plus, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer joins the show to talk about the state's strategy for attracting more auto investments and controversies surrounding taxpayer support for Chinese battery makers building plants in the state. These are important projects as we think about our homeland security. Now is not the time to say, let's continue to rely on them. Let's start onshoring this work here. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Hyundai and Kia's U.S. vehicle sales rose in May for the 10th straight month. The Korean automakers were helped by rising inventory and incentives, as well as sharply higher fleet deliveries. Hyundai sales jumped 18% to 70,000, with retail volume rising 8% to 64,000. Kia reported U.S. sales of more than 71,000, a jump of 23% for the company's second best month ever. That's despite still being hampered by one of the industry's lowest stockpiles. Genesis set a May record with sales of 5,600, an increase of 27%. Genesis sales have now advanced seven consecutive months. Toyota sales rose 6.4% in May to over 187,000, with the Toyota brand up 3.7% and Lexus advancing 25%. Light trucks provided a major lift for the Toyota brand, up 11%, offsetting a 9% decline in car sales. Honda sales surged 58% last month. The Honda division rose 53%, and Acura was up 146%. Three core models played a big role. Accord was up 81%, Civic was up 98%, and CRV sales rose 95%. Mazda's sales advanced for the eighth consecutive month. May volume rose 117% to more than 33,000 vehicles. Subaru will release May results later today, followed by Ford and Volvo on Friday. Most of the rest of the industry reports U.S. sales at the close of each quarter. Toyota will build its first U.S.-made electric vehicle in Kentucky starting in 2025. The world's largest automaker will assemble the three-row electric crossover at its largest production plant globally in Georgetown, Kentucky. The EV's batteries will come from a Toyota complex under construction in Liberty, North Carolina. Toyota also announced a new $2.1 billion investment in that operation that will bring total investment there to almost $6 billion. It will have six battery production lines, four for hybrid vehicles, and two for electric vehicles. Toyota did not reveal details of the new EV model. Meanwhile, Panasonic is planning a massive ramp-up to quadruple its battery manufacturing capacity, including the announcement of a third North American battery production site by March of next year. Panasonic is a key supplier to Tesla and its partner in the original Gigafactory in Nevada. 
The new site will follow Panasonic's selection last year of DeSoto, Kansas for a new $4 billion battery factory that will supply the world's leading EV maker. Through the fiscal year ending March 2031, Panasonic will expand its global battery production and procurement capacity to 200 gigawatt hours. That's up from 50 gigawatt hours in the fiscal year that ended on March 31st. And Lucid is raising about $3 billion in a common stock offering. The majority of the money will come from the electric vehicle maker's Saudi owners after a more than 60% stock slump in the last year. The shares plunged more than 7% in extended trading. The company announced the raise in a statement, along with a corresponding investment by its owners, Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund. PIF, the kingdom's largest sovereign wealth fund, is purchasing $1.8 billion of the stock in a private placement. The fund already owns about 60% of Lucid, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. Bank of America is acting as the sole book-running manager for the public offering. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Toyota building its first EV in the U.S. Is this a kind of move that might maybe change the tone from environmentalists who have been so critical of Toyota in recent years? Maybe, maybe, maybe a little. You know, um, of course, what a lot of the environmental groups really want is Toyota to commit to a date when it will stop making any vehicles that burn gasoline, even hybrids. Uh, but We've seen a lot of very positive response to the change in leadership since Koji Sato has replaced Akio Toyota. He's put more emphasis on talking about the company's plans for EVs. He's raised some targets. He's brought some things forward, plans for a, you know, a new platform, that uh, new concepts to be shown as soon as this fall. So this is another concrete step that should help win over support, uh, but it's still just a step. We'll see if Toyota puts its investments where its mouth is. Coming up, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer joins the show from the Mackinac Policy Conference in Michigan. That's next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's reyrey.com slash operate dash differently. 
Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Jamie Butters. Money is flowing into electrification projects across the country in the wake of the Inflation Reduction Act, and states are battling for those investments. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer says the state has secured $16 billion in electric vehicle investments in the last year and a half. I caught up with Whitmer here at the Mackinac Policy Conference on Michigan's Mackinac Island. It's a marquee gathering of political, business, and nonprofit leaders in a state that's home to nearly 19% of all U.S. auto production, more than any state in the nation, according to the state's website. Whitmer talked with me about the state's economic development plan and addressed controversy surrounding state incentives for Chinese companies, including Goshen and CATL. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, welcome to Daily Drive. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thanks for taking the time. So let's start with your pitch to automotive industry leaders. What's happening in here in Michigan right now to make it a place for them to invest with all this money flowing after the Inflation Reduction Act? What would you say to them? Oh, man, there's a lot of great stuff going on in Michigan. Um, right now, we are we boast the number one economy for clean energy jobs in the country. A lot of it is driven by the great work that we've done around batteries and working to lure semiconductor companies to their growth in Michigan and, and location in Michigan. So there's a there's a lot of really cool things happening when it comes to the design and the manufacturing of advanced mobility. And as we transition from ICE to EVs, uh, Michigan is, is leading the way in this country. So while Michigan is getting some big investments, we'll talk a little bit more about that, there's also this emerging battery belt down south. Um, There's news today, Toyota actually picked Kentucky for its first U.S. made EV plant. Why do you think automakers are choosing the southeast and other areas of the country over Michigan for those types of projects and how do you counter that? Well, you know, we've landed $16 billion of investment since we created our economic development fund about a year and a half ago. It's 16,000 good paying jobs. We um, are building long range batteries now in Michigan. A lot of the design, even Toyota's design happens in the state of Michigan. We're not gonna win every every opportunity, um, but you know we're gonna compete for every. And we are now seeing record interest in terms of companies reaching in through the Michigan Economic Development Corporation to have a conversation about the possibility of locating here, growing here. And a lot of it obviously is around mobility and, and automotive, but certainly that's not the only thing that we do well here. How do you quantify that? I mean, you know, you've been governor for a full term now. Have you seen a change in that interest over the course of four years? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that working with the Republican-led legislature last term, when we created the SOAR Fund and sharpened our economic development tools, we became a competitor and we won a lot of great investments from a big General Motors one right out of the gate to Ford and additional growth from GM. But these battery plants, um, I think, are, are really a huge opportunity for us. I was in D.C. talking with site selectors not long ago and they said it was really smart that Michigan grabbed that Ford project that we're putting in Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, when other governors might uh, solicit an opportunity and then pull back because of some political agenda, it makes companies nervous. Mm-hmm. And so in Michigan, you know, we won the project, we muscled through, got over the finish line, and because of that and onshore and supply chains, we're in a much stronger position now. So in April, lawmakers advance $175 million to support Goshen uh, for their $2.3 billion electric vehicle battery factory near Big Rapids. 
There's been a lot of pushback from Republicans and even some Democrats, but they were still able to get across the finish line. But the pushback was about Goshen's parents' company's uh, ties to the Chinese Communist Party. What's your strategy when it comes to these Chinese companies who want to do business in Michigan, uh, but maybe have some controversy around them and their ties. Why do business with these companies? Well, listen, uh, you know, most of American manufacturing, when we ceded the um, work to to China, when we ceded semiconductor building to Asia, um, we put ourselves at a huge disadvantage. And they took what we had done, our intellectual property, and became the cornerstone of it um, as the, as you know, years passed. Now we're in a position where it's time for us to grab that intellectual property back. It's time for us to be producing, you know, batteries, long-range batteries right here in North America in the state of Michigan. And so um, these are important projects as we think about our homeland security. These it, Now is not the time to say, let's continue to rely on them. Let's start onshoring this work here. And so when you see some voices from the local community, we got to listen to them. But when you see some politicians trying to score political points, we need to disregard what their agenda is and stay focused on what really is going to make Michigan stronger, what's going to make the Michigan economy stronger, and what's going to create good paying jobs for us. And having the ability to build those things right here um, is the answer. When it comes to the way that we're sort of sourcing these products, uh, and especially considering what happens with the next election, if Joe Biden isn't reelected president, are you concerned that batteries produced by companies like CATL or Goshen might lose or not be considered eligible for IRA tax incentives? Would that be a problem for these investments as they come in if all of this government support kind of goes away for those? I anticipate that those that have been have moved forward quickly are going to be solid. Um, I do think that what the future looks like, obviously, in the next the next election will impact that. Um, but I, you know, feel very confident that the work that we have done, the groundwork that we have laid, the importance of being aggressively, um, you know, com competitive and pulling these investments in um, are all really crucial as we think about how this industry is changing, how quickly it's changing, and why Michigan's got to continue to be on the front edge of, of how all that evolution is happening. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about uh, the UAW. Uh, have you met with the uh, UAW's new president, Sean Fain, and what do you think of his election? I have, and um, you know, obviously going into their negotiations, I'm going to be watching very closely. I think it's important to show that the power of and, right, mm -hmm. that you can both be a um, a company that makes money and a company where employees can make a good living. And that's a part of our phenomenal history here in Michigan. It's got to be a part of our future. But I think as I, I watch, you know, these negotiations begin, um, I think, you know, the avoiding a, a real um, prolonged pain is something that is in all of our best interests. Is there anything the state's doing to sort of prepare for this or try to be ready if there's a strike or two strikes or three strikes and what that would mean for not just automakers but also suppliers and retailers. Well we have seen um, in Michigan that two sides can sit across the table from one another and share very different perspectives on the world but ultimately um, find some common ground and I'm I'm confident that's what's going to happen here but as the governor of Michigan I'm going to be watching closely and doing everything I can to make sure that happens. Governor Whitmer thanks for taking the time appreciate it. Thank you Jake.
That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Jake Neer, in for Kellen Walker. Thanks to automotive news reporters David Phillips, Irvaksh Karkaria, and Hans Grimel for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing investments, monthly sales results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about earning service customer loyalty by following up after the visit. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.